1: Do you ever wonder about your success? Do you ever wonder about this thing called truth? There's a famous rabbi who once asked a government official about this thing called truth. Well, actually, the government official asked this rabbi, actually got it backwards, (laughs) said, what is truth? And you know what? He didn't even wait around for the good rabbi to answer. But truth, you know, I've heard it said that the truth will set you free. I've heard it said that the truth will set you free, but first it will make you miserable. But today I want to ask you three questions Where are you now? Where are you going? What will it take to get there? And how long? Today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going directional on you. You know, when we say someone is going places, it has a tendency to mean that they're successful, that they're, quote, going places. They're making things happen. They're moving. And if you think about that word success, success is a nominalization. A nominalization is a group of words in the category of generalizations. And what makes a nominalization a nominalization in this category of generalizations is this specific generalization is defined by this. You cannot put it in a wheelbarrow. You can't put success in a wheelbarrow. Success is individually defined. What is success for you might be failure for me. What is success for me might not be considered success for you. It is a normalization. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What some people think is beautiful is really ugly to other people and what other people think is ugly could be absolutely beautiful to somebody else. It's a normalization. It is self-defined. But we all need a definition of success because how do you know if you're on course or off course? When your end is near, when you're at the end of your life, how do you know? How do you know if you did well? How do you know if you're on course? How do you know if you fought the good fight? How do you know if you've been successful? See, success isn't just about title. It's not just about accumulating stuff. It's about getting things done. It's about moving people. It's about making life fuller, richer. Let's be honest. People seldom plan to fail, right? When was the last time you planned to fail? But many often fail to plan. And as a leader, we've got to have a clear vision. And clear vision is the processing of three directional questions. First question, where am I now? Second question, where am I going? Third question, what will it take to get there and how long? In today's confusing, bitter, dark world, we must answer the first question, where are we now? And today, I am blue. I got a good friend, a dear friend, Mr. Don No, going to be joining me today. And Don, no, I met Don at a church I used to attend, uh, and Don and I have become pretty good friends. He's a he's an avid Bibles teacher, studier, uh, eater of the Word as I am. And so today, Don, no, my good friend, we're going to pontificate about the times and the signs. You know, I I talk, tell a story a lot. I used to try, uh, I always travel a lot, but I used to use a Garmin. You know, nowadays we have our GPSs built into our cars. But I used to have a Garmin and I would take my Garmin inside and I would type in the address where I'm going, even sometimes to the dash, you know, four digits, the dash four digits on your zip code. That's pretty specific. But every once in a while, I, 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 I couldn't get directions. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Until I realized why. See, when I was in my house, certain times, depending on the circumstances, the situations, the time of day, all that stuff. There are certain times that the satellite, the big eye in the sky, couldn't locate my device. And that big eye in the sky can't locate my device. It can't tell me how to get to where I'm going. Do you see what I'm saying? If it doesn't know my starting point, then it can't give me directions. It's like the guy, a story I heard about the guy out in the cornfields in uh, Iowa. I mean, he'd been driving for a while. He was on on a he was working for an insurance company. He was working to to meet a farmer about uh, getting some insurance on his on his land. And man, he'd been driving for a half hour, and all the land looks alike. And he's supposed to make a left after four of these things, and then you, if you look to the right, you'll see this, and then you make a left there. And he was lost. And he had no phone service. So finally, as he's driving around, figuring how am I going to get back to my bearings? He saw a farmer on the side of the road. So he pulled over, got out of his car and walked over the farmer. Farmer's leading on a big old rake with a big old piece of straw hanging out of his mouth, chewing on some type of cud that's probably been there for 100 years. And he has a little small talk with the farmer. And then he asked, tells the farmer what he's wanting to find and where he's wanting to get to. And with that, the farmer just pulled that straw out of his mouth and kept chewing on an invisible cud, thought about what he had just said, the, the, the lost stranger. And he said, sir, you can't get to there from here. See, if you don't know what your starting point is, you can't get to there from here and let's be honest, it's confusing. And so today, Don's going to bring a little clarity to the confusion. And we always talk about the operating system. You know, we need to know our operating system. There's only two operating systems, and I'm not talking about Windows or Macintosh, Windows or Apple. I'm not talking about Apple iOS. I'm not talking about a Windows iOS. I am talking about an FOS or a GOS. Now, please hear this. I'm not here to judge you. It's called faith because no one knows for sure. It requires a gap. But I am gonna say this as a leader. You've gotta make the best possible decisions with the information at hand. And so you wanna get the best, reliable, accurate information. And so what is your standard? If you're an FOS, your standard is whatever you want to be. FOS is a flesh operating system. And what you're gonna find out is man is wrong. So what do we do? What is the other operating system? It's a GOS. It's a God-operating system. And if you have a God-operating system, then your manual is the Bible. Now, here's the problem. A lot of people think the Bible is a book of fables, like Aesop. No, Aesop did not write the Bible. No, there is no book. There, I think there are 66 books in the Bible, and not one of them is called Opinion, and not one of them is called Feelings. So I tell people, since the Bible doesn't have any books called opinions and feelings, you should probably keep your opinions and feelings to yourself and look at at data. But first, got to realize, is the Bible accurate? I'm going to tell you right now. The Bible has proven to be more historically and archaeological accurate than any ancient book. It's been subjected to the minutest scientific textual analysis possible. It is always affirmed. There's something called historicity, and we have more historicity to uh, tell us that the Bible is, in fact, what it's supposed to be than anything else. Matter of fact, I got this great article from Russ Witten, and it says modern archaeology has helped us realize that the Bible is historically accurate, even in the smallest of details. There have been thousands of archaeological discoveries in the past century that support every book of the Bible. I mean, critics used to believe one thing, and then archaeologists proves them wrong. Like, they used to believe the Bible is wrong because there was no King David, that he was some mythological character, he was a legendary made-up person. But then, in 1994, archaeologists discovered an ancient stone slab in northern Galilee that was inscribed with the references to King David and the House of David. Critics used to believe the Bible is wrong because there was no evidence of a group of people called the Hittites. But then in 1906, a German archaeologist named Hugo Winkler was excavating at Bogaz Koi in Turkey and discovered the city of the ancient Hittite Empire. The entire Hittite library and 10,000 clay tablets document the Hittite history. Ladies and gentlemen... Today, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. In this time of confusion, you need clarity. And today, on Like It Matters Radio, that clarity is coming, and Don knows bringing it. We'll be right back.
2: Hey, listen, are you a 50-year-old person looking for term life insurance? Then you need to talk to Bob. Bob specializes in helping people find a million dollars or more of term life insurance for a couple of hundred bucks a month look you need to know there's a price war in the term life insurance business and you may be paying too much call Bob and he'll shop and see how much money he can save you look this could be the last term life insurance policy you ever have your rates are guaranteed for the next 20 years that's right guaranteed level rates for the next 20 years and if you're a smoker or or your health is not perfect bob has great rates for you too so for a million dollars of term life insurance coverage for a couple of hundred bucks a month call bob right now 800-890-5049 800-890-5049 890 5049 that's
1: 800-890-5049 paid for by term direct my show is about helping people become all they were created to be well, we all occupy a body, and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But, man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black. And remember, man is a three-part being. We got to remember that. I am a spirit. I live in a body, and I possess a consciousness. The real me is spirit. The body is the medium by which my spirit expresses itself and I possess a consciousness. Plant life exists on a physical plane. Animal life exists on a physical and emotional plane. However, man has something that separates us from every other creature and it is called a spirit. Your Body is not you, it's your vehicle. And my friend who's gonna be joining us on the radio is into cars. And he's had a lot of cars in his life, and some of those cars are in a junkyard, some of those cars are in his driveway. But at some point that car is gonna be of no value to him. It's gonna be just a piece of metal, carbon based life form. There's your body. It's a tabernacle, it's a tent. You are not your body. I used to own an orange beetle. When I drove down the freeway, no one said there's black, the orange beetle. I wasn't the car. I was the dude inside the car. So we have a body and your spirit running the body is called your soul. You have a mind, the mind runs the body, the battles in the mind, focus only on those things that are good and pure, hold your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, right? Guard your heart because all the issues of life stem from it. The mind, the battles in the mind between the stimulus and the response, there's a space and in that space is our power and our freedom. God tells us the same thing science tells us, the battles in the mind. You are not your brain, your spirit using your brain is your mind. You are the spirit. And so we gotta deal with all three pieces. Uh, This is not a religious show. My training is not religious. There's not a piece of scripture in my two and a half day leadership training I've been doing for 31 years. The reason I must deal with the spirit aspect of people because that's who you are. We are a trinity, a three part being and you need to know how the machine works. You need to know how the mind that runs the machine works and you need to know what you need as a spirit to be fed. So today we're gonna go deep, we're gonna go real. I've asked a good friend of mine, a guy I met at a church I I, uh, no longer go to, but God didn't bring me that church to meet a pastor. God brought me that church to meet three people. A great worship leader who's no longer there, Kyle. A great pastor now of one of the Methodist churches, Peyton and my good friend who you're about to meet, Mr. Don No. So let's welcome Don No to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Mr. Black. I uh, appreciate the opportunity to come on with you. It ought to be fun. Uh, we talk so much about Bible well, you and I go off the rails all the time. So I figured, you know what? It's a confusing time, Don. I mean, uh, I don't know about you. You got grandkids. I still got young kids. My my son is eight year old. You know, Benaya. So, it's confusing. Uh, and I wanted to have you come on just to talk about, you know, the time that we're in right now. You got little grandkids. You know, we we find out for the first time in the history of since we've been keeping uh, stats that people today are not living longer than the generation before us. Caroline Leaf just did the research that we are, for the first time ever, creating an environment where the people, our kids are not going to live longer lives than we do because of all what's going on. So, it's very confusing. And Don, I want to give people some hope. So, where do you find hope in these confusing times right now? Well, Scott, the, the thing that
3: we all cling to who are followers of Christ is, is God's Word. And if, you know, When you study the Bible, you realize that a large portion, almost a third of the Bible, is prophecy. And God loved us so much to be able to share with us the events of the future. So if we study the Bible and we take it seriously and take it literally, then it allows us the opportunity to prepare for the things that are going to happen. Because two-thirds of the prophecy in the Bible has already been fulfilled with incredible accuracy. But yet there's a third left to yet be fulfilled. But the third that's been fulfilled gives us great hope and confidence that God's words are true.
1: So when we read it, we can prepare for the events of the future. Wow. So, you know, I think you told the story. I think because, you know, he does he teaches uh, uh, the Bible on Wednesday nights at Hope Works Church. And then we go to Don's house every Friday night. We have a great, great small group. Uh, But, you know, people always think. you know, I think a lot of people think of the Bible. They think of the Bible as like Aesop's Fables, a Bible of just some some nice stories. And I was talking before you got on about the historicity. And uh, it's just stunning where, you know, critics knocked away the Bible all the time. I was reading this thing that critics used to believe that a king named Belshazzar never really existed. But then in 1854, Henry Rawlinson discovered an inscription in Iraq that named Belshazzar as the oldest son and co-region of King Nebuchadnezzar, I think is the name. So you share that all this all the time that we used to think this and then history just or archaeology or science just supports it. But used to tell a story uh, and maybe it was you or someone else. And, and I used to do the same thing. I'd record the Cowboys games. I was always a huge Cowboys fan. And if I couldn't be around to watch the game, I'd record it. And then but if they lost I never watched the game. But if they won and I knew they won, I would watch it. And I remember at the beginning watching these games where, oh my gosh, they were humiliating. So they were down 21 points in the first half or first quarter. And if I was watching the game and not knowing the outcome, I would have turned it off. But what kept me watching is I knew the outcome, Don. I knew the Cowboys won. I knew no matter how bad things were, something happens. That turns around, and you've shared that story, haven't you? That's really what you're talking about, correct? It is,
3: exactly, and especially if, if when you look, the score is lopsided against the Cowboys. Then you for sure don't watch that show. But if you happen to know the ending, you can't wait to watch that show and watch the comeback. And that is the situation we find ourselves in today. Uh, If you look out, you know, over the landscape, uh, it's easy to get a little concerned, a little anxious, a little nervous maybe even a little depressed about all the events going on uh, on the world stage. But yet we have within us and we have in our possession, we have within our grasp, the eternal hope that was guaranteed to us through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if we believe those things about Jesus Christ, how could we not believe his words? And his words Amen. are, let not your heart be troubled.
1: Mm. So we have great wow. hope. Yeah. And that word is so important, hope. You know, I deal with it as a psychologist. You know, I deal with There's so many people depressed. You know, I, I was looking at this list. I talked, you know, I lost a, I told you, I lost a friend of mine, Tatiana, one of our graduates, mm-hmm. uh, her her son. She was on the other end of a, a gun that her oldest son fired and they're still investigating and I told you about my uh, guy Miles who was supposed to be in my class last week and I had to reschedule and Saturday night when he was supposed to be graduating from a training that would change his life, he took his life because he was helpless and hopeless and right now things look dark Uh, and I was looking at the top, most famous people who committed suicide. At the top of that list, believe it or not, it's Cleopatra, Robin Williams, Vincent Van Gogh, uh, all these people, Ernest Hemingway, this isn't something new, Virginia Wolf, Sylvia Plath, Hunter Thompson, Hannibal, Margot Kidder, Adolf Hitler. I mean, these are people, that's what suicide is. It's helpless and hopeless that today is so much pain and tomorrow can be no better. But for someone who studies the Bible, that's impossible, correct? The whole Bible is all about hope. Is that fair to say?
3: It is fair to say, but I'd like to point out, instead of those people being hopeless, they had hope. They had hope in the wrong thing. Amen. And Amen. Victor Frankl does a fantastic job of laying out the fact that hope is what sustains us. But if it's not in the right thing, it works against us at some point in time. It's just future uh, disappointment uh, that we're clinging to. So hope, but hope
1: in the right thing. Yeah, I mean, that's such a great point. You know, because a lot of people have faith, and faith is nothing more than BS. It's a belief system. And, And God said he's looking for people of great faith, and it requires a gap. So faith requires a gap of not knowing. You have to believe if you know it to be true, you can't have faith because uh, it's I don't need faith to say two plus two equals four. There's no faith needed. I know without a doubt, two plus two equals four. But if I tell you, hey, uh, you know, Don, you got to trust me on this. So I'm pretty good at math. You know, that number there, three billion six hundred forty two thousand eight hundred twenty one. The square root of that is three thousand one hundred twenty two point six. Now, you're going to have to have faith, right? You're going to have to have faith that Black knows what he's talking about because yeah. your mind and my mind, by the way, doesn't work that well. So, so what do you do today? So do you have a lot of people that come to you that struggle with the Bible? Do you have a, a lot of people today? Where, where are you finding people out? Are they looking? Are they skeptical? Where are you seeing people at today?
3: I think there is, within the American church, I think there is a small group of people who who really are wanting biblical truth. And if the American church has done anything over the last few decades, it has strayed away from biblical truth. And we have let culture and world events and local events, domestic events, it has shaped our theology. And we can never allow that to happen. So I know within our small congregation. There is a core group of people who want the truth, they are longing to understand the scripture and understand truly what God's message to us is, not what my ideas are or someone else's ideas, but what does the scripture really say? And I'm praying and hoping that 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 is the movement that really sweeps through uh, the church and the America in particular, because we have lost our way. We need to come back to what does the Bible say and, and you Amen. you look at statistics, you look at polls and people profess to be Christians but they don't believe the Bible.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I'm sorry. And we're going to talk about that, Don. Yeah. No, it's impossible. And we're, and we're going to a hard break. Because after the break, I also want to talk about world events, like the war in Ukraine. And is that in the Bible? Are we should be afraid of that? Uh, is there comfort knowing? So stay with us, Don. We're going to take a quick break. After the break, we're talking with Don No, And we're giving you hope. As yeah, the chaos around the world, I want you to know there is clarity. You just got to know where to find it. We'll be right back. It doesn't cost them anything and will add value to their station lineup. If you have questions, you can email me at Black at likeitmattersradio.com. Our nation needs to hear this message because our beloved country is rapidly deteriorating and freedom is continually being quenched. Call your local radio station today and ask them to add Like It Matters Radio. Together, we can help others live their lives like it matters.
0: You're a work in progress. A little
2: more... More.
0: Constantly under construction. That's good. To build your productive life, you need the right tools from Mr. Black and Like It Matters Radio. A good golfer has a great caddy who shares the load and understands the course. Hire Mr. Black as your life caddy to live more fulfilling and successfully. If you want to get to the next level and beyond, both personally and professionally, sign up for Mr. Black's Immersive Leadership Awakening class. It's the most powerful, transformational two days you will ever experience. Stay in touch with Mr. Black and the change connected to him on your schedule with his daily podcast. Search Living Like It Matters wherever you get your podcasts. Walk along with Mr. Black as he goes to God's instruction manual. It's manna from the word of God with Mr. Black's Bible teaching at wayofwarrior.blog. Build yourself up like it matters and get everything God has for you. Go to likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net.
1: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Yeah. Uh, our next class, uh, Leadership Awakening, is August 17th through 19th in Las Vegas. I think we're at 10 people. I think i got uh, four more spots available there. Uh, in Dallas, my next class will be September 21 through 23, I believe. Again, you go to likeitmatters.net uh, to read about it, to look at the schedule. Also, uh, I set out Scripture every day. Uh, Don uh, receives it as well. Don and I sit and talk about Scripture weekly. If not, you know, uh, if we could, we do it daily. Uh, and I Send it out daily. Go to wayofwarrior.blog. wayofwarrior.blog. And again, I'd like to welcome back my good friend, a great Bible teacher, uh, Mr. Don. No, hey Don, you, you got a you got a daytime job. Not only is Don a, a Bible teacher and a man of God, but he also has his own business. He, he's in the coffee business. What, what's your coffee? Uh, what's your your coffee business? What's the name of it? Uh, we're located in the you know the greater Dallas-Fort
3: Worth area and we're Metro Coffee Group and we roast and distribute coffee to local uh, restaurants and hotels mostly and, and we've been doing it a long time and God has blessed us and we're
1: we're very thankful to be here. Awesome. Hey, what's your website? MetroCoffeeGroup.com. Awesome, awesome. And by the way, you know, those of us that go to his Bible study on Wednesday night, he does a Bible study at this uh, church called Hope Works. That's where I met Don. Uh, and he brings coffee for everybody. So not only do they get a great <laughs> helping of the Word of God, but he always has a specialty, uh, specially named coffee. But uh, you bring a lot of hope, Don. You're a good friend, and I uh, thank God for bringing me to Hope Works, if nothing else than to meet Don No, So, hey, real quick, uh, I, w- I want to get into what's going on the world stage because you do a lot of this. You talk about... Um, you know, what's going on in Ukraine and how it in the world. And, you know, both of us love Jan Markell. You know, she's there in Minneapolis where the radio show's based mm-hmm. out of love Jan Markell. And she does the, you know, the sign of the times or, or understanding the times, but uh, she brings hope. And that's what you do. Let me real quick read you a quote. And then I want you to talk about what's going on in Russia biblically. Uh, and this is the journal entry from, um, Ralph Waldo Emerson from October and December, somewhere in October, December, 1823. So, uh, t- 200 years ago, he said, imagine hope to be removed from the human breast and see how society will sink, how the strong bands of order uh, and improvement will be relaxed and what a death like stillness would take the place of the restless energies that now move the world. The scholar will extinguish his midnight lamp. The merchant will furl his white cells and bid them seek the deep no more. The anxious patriot who stood out for his country to the last and devised in the last beleaguered citadel. Profound schemes for its deliverance and aggrandizement will sheath his sword and blot his fame. And here's the last line. Remove hope and the world becomes blank and rottenness that's where a lot of people are i deal with pain i deal with depression i deal with ptsd and then they look at this war in ukraine and they work at look at the mess in the world and they shake their head and get more helpless can you shed a little light can you tell me are things working order is there chaos or is there order here just a little bit about what's going on in ukraine and what do you see there
3: well, I think uh, in particular, and I want to use a Jan Markell. I think the first time I ever heard this was Jan Markell, and it was that things are not falling apart, but they're falling into place. And Amen. while Bible prophecy is very Israel centric, so it doesn't, you know, talk about world events that really don't affect Israel and and the Jewish people, uh, there are some yet to be fulfilled prophecies on the horizon, and one of those is the war that. Uh, prophesied by Ezekiel in chapters 38 and 39, and Russia obviously plays a major role in that conflict. That will be a direct attack on Israel, and while the war in Ukraine does not, is not specifically called out, it has triggered and put into motion a lot of alliances and uh, unified agreements between countries you know you have iran supplying russia with drones you have turkey supplying ukraine with drones uh... ukraine is is drone attacking moscow uh... it's hard to understand and put a, a real finger on exactly what Putin's intentions were and how he plans to benefit from this. But one thing I know, it has not to this point been good for Putin. It has not been good yeah. for Russia. <laughs> and desperate tyrants... Make desperate moves. So all eyes on what's going on in Ukraine because the dominoes start to fall and they eventually lead right back to Israel.
1: Yeah, it's so fascinating because you, you know, when we read the Bible, and you talk about Ezekiel 37, it's very powerful, and you've got to have so, someone to guide you through some of the stuff. But you, you mentioned these companies, Turkey, Iran, Syria, Russia. Now, in the Bible, I don't read those names. So how can those be things going on? Is there a different name for these countries? I mean, can you explain that a little bit? Most
3: definitely, and you go back to the 10th uh, chapter of, of Genesis, really. You start looking at the Table of Nations and follow the dispersing of Noah's three sons and the tribes that followed and the people that that, uh, were planted into these different areas, but uh, Russia is called out almost exactly as Rosh. Uh, We have Togarma, which uh, is modern-day Turkey. We have Persia, which is Iran, and then we have the Sudan, Ethiopia, and Libya called out. And those are the five major players that will unite in their effort to come and take the spoils, the wealth, the riches of Israel. And all of the recent developments in the last five to seven years have brought every one of those nations into alignment to be a party to that effort. And what it has also done is brought other nations friendly to Israel into alignment to not interfere, but, but basically question what's going on. And now we have normalization of, of relationships between even countries like Saudi Arabia and Israel that 20 years ago
1: would have been unheard of. So yes, all of the pieces are falling into place. Well, and it's so strange. And then I look, you know, when I used to read Revelations, Don, I used to shake my head and I used to think this has to be so far away. I'm like, how would America stand by and let all these countries? I used to say, well, America won't allow that. America won't allow that. America won't allow that. And the irony is, and people can say America's in the Bible, you can see the young eagles and all that. I think the fascinating point is, I don't believe it is. And then I meta things backwards and say, what does that say about us? What does that say about us that in these end times that we're not even mentioned? Let me ask you, This is what's going on in America, is is that biblical? Can you see that playing out with what the Bible's talking about? Because I'm confused about what's going on in America. It's stunning to me. Well, I think what's going on in America is is exactly
3: uh, the same thing that has gone on in other uh, pagan uh, civilizations, and and we give ourselves over to uh, pleasures and. Devices and sinful nature, and eventually God says, hey, not my will be done, your will be done. You know, if that's the way you want things, your will be done. And, you know, Paul does an excellent example of describing that in the first chapter of Romans. But no, I don't think America is a player in the end-time prophecy, the biblical end-time prophecy. They are not mentioned. I don't think there's any reference to them at all. And, and again, 20 years ago, there is no way you could have convinced a logical, rational-thinking American that we would not play into Middle East events. But you look it us yeah. today. It's not yep. America. It's China. It's Russia. It's not America. And I don't think that's an accident. Uh, I think that is exactly what is, is really prophesied by
1: not being prophesied. I think that's exactly the picture we see emerging. Wow, wow. So where, where does someone find hope? You know, we've got about three minutes left. Uh, so as people are listening, with all this chaos, with all this confusion, Don, get, get, give me some hope. Where's the hope? The hope is in the fact that God loved us enough
3: to share these events with us in his Holy Scripture. And unlike other predictors of the future, God isn't predicting future events. He is there. He has seen them. He's just sharing it with us. So while the imagery of Revelation is challenging to look through... We win. (laughs) And there is a period of time when life on this earth is going to be very challenging. But I think the pre-trib resurrection and rapture is very much uh, described in the Bible and I think we can hold on to that hope and the fact that there are events that that need to take place that we will see happening uh, before the tribulation period begins, but the rapture can happen at any time. Does that mean we escape without any tough times? Absolutely not. Uh, I I think we're entering in and maybe have been in for some period of time, some challenging times. But our hope is that Jesus Christ promised us that he left to prepare a place for us so that where he is we may be also and if those words don't give you hope then i can't help you that that is the greatest
1: hope mankind has amen amen and don uh teaching what you teach uh, every wednesday night right at hope works is that correct that's correct. Every
3: Wednesday night we're yeah. right now in Exodus and it's a it's an exciting story and uh it's it's just, you know, verse by verse, word by word. You don't have time to do that on a Sunday morning, but that's what we do on Wednesday night and it's a lot of fun and I really enjoy it. Yeah, and
1: Great Meal, they cook everything and uh I don't know what the uh, website is, but probably it's hopeworks.church or something like that. Do that, you know if that's the website? I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so he teaches every Wednesday night and then we do a small group and Don's become a good friend. You know, uh, I I showed up at a church. I thought God wanted me there to join. I don't think that's the, the thing, but I met three great people. Kyle, who was the worship leader, uh, Peyton, who's now a senior pastor at a Methodist church and now my good friend, Don. So, Don, God bless you so much. And I will see you Friday night. OK, brother. Thank you. Uh, God bless you, brother. Bye bye. Hope. Hope says no matter what's going on today, tomorrow will be better. And if you want some hope, then you better stay in tune because I'll be right back. You better be too. Hi, I'm Ronnie Deutsch, and if you or your business owe money to the IRS, I've got great news for you. Tax laws have changed. Billions of dollars are earmarked for IRS Fresh Start programs. And if you qualify, you can literally save tens of thousands of dollars. Listen, I know what you're going through. Call me if you want to speak with a tax attorney or tax professional for free. 800-246-1687. 246
2: 1687
1: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters. Inspiration, education, application. You know, I, it's good to be king. You know, History of the World by Mel Brooks. We'd walk around, the pretty girls we be bent over. and go up behind him and give him the old pinch. And it's good to be king. You know, I got a daily radio show where I get to inspire. I get to help people. I get to bring my friends on like Don No. Don Know, such a great man, such a godly man. You know, you don't have to believe in the Bible. I have a lot of friends that aren't Christians. I have a lot of Muslim friends. I have a lot of Jewish friends who don't believe in uh, Jesus as the Messiah. Um, You know what? I have people that are homosexual. I have LGBTQ. I mean, I don't don't judge people. That's between you and God. Uh, My sins between me and God, your sins between you and God. Let God be God. That's what what, um, Psalm 50 is all about. God is the judge, not Scott Black, not Don. No. Now, we are supposed to have discernment. And let's be honest, our nation is not going in the right direction. Great book by Jonathan Cotton. highly recommend it called Return of the Gods. And it shows you historically what's going on. I saw this quote or this poem, but from Lawrence Ferlinghetti. I don't know what it means after Khalil Gibran. I don't know what that means. I kept What does that mean? Lawrence Ferlinghetti and then parenthetically after Khalil Gibran. I don't know what that means. Oh, pity the nation. Pity the nation who people, whose people are sheep and whose shepherds mislead them. Pity the nation whose leaders are liars, whose sages are silence, and whose bigots haunt the airwaves. Pity the nation that raises not its voice except to praise conquerors and acclaim the bully as hero and aims to rule the world by force and by torture. Pity the nation that knows no other language but its own and no other culture but its own. Pity the nation whose breath is money and sleeps the sleep of the too well fed. Pity the nation, oh, pity the people who allow their rights to erode and their freedoms to be washed away. My country, tears of thee, sweet land of liberty. You got to have a standard. And right now it's confusion. Why is confusion bad? Because when we're confused, we don't step out or speak up. See, it is the number one weapon formed against us. When we're confused, we're not bold. When we're confused, we're not committed. When we're confused, we don't trust. When we're confused, we don't have faith. When we're confused, we backbite. When we're confused, we block and attack. When we're confused, we freeze. When we're confused, we don't go too high. We don't go too low. We flat flatline. So you gotta have a standard. How do you know? What is your life about and then you have to compare it to that to see how you're doing. This is why we have metrics. This is why we have standards. So what is your standard? Mine is the Bible. Mine is the word of God. Now please hear this. That doesn't mean you have to go to my training. That doesn't mean if you go to my training you have to believe in God. I'm talking, I'm working to get Jason, this guy to go through who, who really is bitter against God. And I don't care what your belief about God is. If you have bitterness about anything, you gotta deal with that. It's disease bitterness. The body releases 63 known chemicals and those chemicals make you feel. And now we realize through studying epigenetics that our thoughts energy follows thoughts and there are photons. It it, 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 it is uh, 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 quantum mechanics. That's what is quantum quantum mechanics quantum algebra. It's study of energy. Energy follows thought, they're photons. Remember Star Trek? Photon lasers activated. (laughs) So you gotta know what you know and you gotta have something to base your life on. And I use it, not the Bible, I study the Bible, I eat it. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to believe like me. The Bible says to kick the dust off your shoes, you share the gospel if they're not interested, move on. I have a lot of friends who aren't Bible-believing Christians. So Jason, don't let that stop you. Remember, requisite of variety says an element in a system with the most flexibility is the most power and the most control. You got to be a powerful leader that you can go into something and take the good and leave what's not good for you. But you got to be open minded enough to figure maybe you don't know it all. But if you have bitterness, you have anger towards your wife, towards a make believe God that you think towards a, a group of people who talk about a make believe God, whatever it is, you need to deal with that. It's not them, it's you. Remember, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space, and in that space is our power and our freedom. I believe the Bible is the word of God. I believe the Bible is inerrant. I believe it is inspired. And then I study. And history has proven that the Bible is more history. accurate than anything else. The Bible has been proven to be more historically and archaeological accurate than any other ancient book. We have more writings to support. You read a book on Aristotle and you believe it's Aristotle. How do you know Aristotle wrote that? I, 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 the two Babylons by a high slop. How do I know he wrote that? I have to have faith. There's no document supporting. I, I have less documentation supporting anything. Besides the Bible, the Bible has more authentic information, more copies, more close to its original date than anything else. Nothing else comes close. And every time we study history, the Bible is proven geographically and reproven historically accurate in the most exacting detail by external evidences. See, critics used to believe the book of Acts was not historically accurate. And then there was this man named Sir William Ramsey, who is well known to be one of the greatest historical scholars and archaeologists in history. He decided to try to disprove the Bible as the inspired word of God by showing that the book of Acts was not historically accurate. Here's the big but. Remember, but unconsciously negates everything that comes before it. That's why one of my favorite verses in the Bible is, but God. When things are all helpless and hopeless, but God. When things look impossible, but God. When things look... But God, Romans 5 eight is one of my greatest but gods. Read it, Romans 5 8 you'll see what I'm talking about. But after 30 years of archaeological research in the Middle East, Ramsey came to the conclusion... That the book of Luke is a historian of the first rank. Actually, quote, that Luke is a historian of the first rank. Not merely are statements of fact trustworthy. This author should be placed along with the very greatest historians. This is what one of the most famous archaeological researchers said, who researched it to prove it wrong. He later wrote a book on the trustworthiness of the Bible based on his discoveries and converted to Christianity. Sir Ramsey found no historical or geographical mistake in the book of Acts. This is amazing when we realize that in the book of Acts, Luke mentions 32 countries, 54 cities, nine Mediterranean islands, and 95 people, and he did not get one wrong. Now, listen carefully. Come on, people. Don't be afraid of God. Be afraid of a lie. Now, you take that information I just told you, and you compare that with the Encyclopedia Britannica. Look it up. Google this. I'm telling you the truth. The truth will set you free. The first year the Encyclopedia Britannica was published, look it up. It contained so many mistakes regarding places in the United States that it had to be recalled. And yet here's a book, the Book of Acts, written thousands of years ago. That mentions 32 countries, 54 cities, 9 Mediterranean islands, 95 people, and he did not get a single one wrong. Here's another one. Critics used to believe the Old Testament simply could not be reliable. You know why? Because they felt that over a long period of time, the Old Testament writings would have been changed, altered, edited, or corrupted. But then. Remember, but? It negates everything that comes before it. But then. In 1947 the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. These scrolls contained, among other writings, every book in the Old Testament except Esther. Until the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, the earliest copy of the complete Old Testament was from A.D. 900. Scholars compared this copy with the Dead Sea Scrolls produced around a thousand years earlier and found out that the Old Testament had been handed down accurately throughout the centuries. Matter of fact, how about this one? The prestigious Smithsonian Institute, a woke organization in this woke world. The prestigious Smithsonian Institute Department of Anthropology has offered the following official statement. This is official government policy, or uh, I should say Smithsonian Institute. Quote, the historical books of the Old Testament are as accurate historical documents as any that we have from antiquity. And are, in fact, more accurate than many of the Egyptian, Mesopotamian, or Greek histories. These biblical records can be used, are used, as are other ancient documents in archaeological work. In other words, not only does archaeology confirm that the Bible is historically accurate, but professional archaeologists actually use the Bible as a guide in their work. How did Standard Oil find oil in the Middle East? They read the Bible and Carnegie found out where it was. They went there and found oil. The great Jewish archaeologist Nelson Kluick who is known to be one of the top three archaeologists in history, said no archaeological discovery has ever contradicted a single properly understood biblical statement. Today, I'm offering you hope about the times we're in. This is Mr. Black reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.